Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. GEICO could help you get great coverage at a great price. And it only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today and see how much you could save. We got a tremendous opportunity. Nothing's going to stop us. And now we really see what we're made of. the glass. Sweet move from Kemba Walker. He's got a bounce to his truck tonight. The youngest player in the series showing no fear whatsoever. Back-to-back three-pointers. He is come alive. Hero. Puts it in. There's a new sheriff in town. What's his and name? his name is Tyler Hero. <laughs> Hero, long three-pointer. Bang! Tyler Hero! Play that. Welcome to the jump. Presented by Best Buy. Welcome to the jump. I'm Rachel Nichols. Look, we're on the court. It's a court. Right. Richard. Yeah. We're the arena. Boom. Mm-hmm. Today That's I'm joined by 2016 NBA champion Richard Jefferson. Uh, apparently he's a champion of the ball community. No, That's what I, I've yes. heard. Yes, I um, And of course, the man who played a record 22 NBA seasons, eight-time All-Star, all-timer, Vince Carter and Malika Andrews is going to join us later in the show as well. Also coming up later in the show, Kentucky head coach John Calipari is stopping by. Everyone's coming to see us. Coach Cal will talk to us about all the Kentucky players who are falling out in the conference finals right now. You don't want to miss that. First, though, the NBA bubble is at its heart a science experiment in the middle of a global pandemic in a country where medicine somehow became a debate topic, the bubble is a living, breathing position paper on why masks, testing, and rigorous cleaning work to keep people safe. But it's not only about the epidemiology. Oh no, the lab rats here at Disney World are also an elaborate behavioral and emotional research trial. For months now, they have been removed from their families and homes, confined to a relatively small space, and intermittently subject to acute traumatic stressors, like yesterday, when they were forced to grapple with the reality of how little so much of America values black women. Oh, and they're doing all of that while also playing at the most high level of basketball on the planet. Elite teams thrown at each other as if in a particle collider while we all wait and watch to see who gets spit out into the next round. It's not a surprise then that out of these extreme conditions, we're getting some outlier results like we did last night when Tyler Hero set the nets here at Advent Health Arena on actual fire. Hero was born in the year 2000 and should absolutely positively not be capable of operating this way. And yet there he was in game four of the Eastern Conference Finals, scoring 37 points in 35 minutes off the bench. There is only one other human on earth who has done anything remotely like that at that age, at that level. And it is Magic Johnson in 1980, (laughs) which for those of you scoring at home was 40 years ago. What's even more impressive is the timeliness of Hero's Buckets. The Heat led last night after a first half in which one of the young stars on the Boston side went inexplicably cold. Honestly, Jason Tatum looked so tentative, so off balance going 0 for 6. There was rampant speculation he was secretly injured. It turns out he wasn't. And in fact, in the second half, he not only found his game, but was able to key the Celtics grit. For a few minutes, it appeared Boston would in fact succeed in evening up these Eastern Conference Finals at two games apiece. Except, yeah, 
Then Tyler Hero happened. <laughs> this is a kid who, when the Heat drafted him at number 13, it was considered actually a bit of a reach. ESPN had him ranked at 17th. Sports Illustrated had him at 15th. And yet, in a science experiment, it's not the hypothesis that carries the day, but the evidence. And the evidence last night was resounding. Take a look at this. You're a step to the basket and no problem. It's just beautiful. Like, you look at this. Look at the way he can move, he can go. And it's like the floater. It wasn't even just, he does it in such a variety of ways, in and out. Look at the reverse. Like, come on, with the filet. <laughs> he just, you know what he does? He plays the game at a difficult level very, very easily. Look at this dribble between the legs, right? <laughs> and then he's going to launch here. Vince, this is like basically from the Bahamas. That's first team but all defense that he's going the, against. Yeah. And here's the thing, he's setting him up. He's setting him up for that dribble to sleep, get to your one-two dribble to your step back. He knew he was going to take that shot. And he ain't even sweating. <laughs> Look, Hero right. would score 17 points in the fourth quarter alone. And Boston did pull it impressively close in the final minute. But then Jimmy Butler icing the game with free throws. And Miami, they, they just let loose and celebrated their young rookie. Afterward, I asked Hero about his confidence. There is no situation that seems too big for you. Your swagger, according to your teammates, is off the charts. <laughs> I was watching a highlight from you in college, and you said to the rest of the people on the court, I'm a bucket. Yeah. Where did this come from? Uh, I mean, that's just who I am. You know, I grew up like that, and I'm going to stay like that for as long as I'm in the league. But, um, you know, it's just a good win for us tonight. He's a bucket, baby. <laughs> Amazing. You know, science experiments are a funny thing. Sometimes they prove well-worn truisms, but other times they discover a new element entirely. In the NBA bubble, that's Tyler Hero, and he's causing an absolute bonafide chemical reaction that's got Miami one win away from the conference finals. No, not the conference NBA finals. finals. One yeah. win away from the NBA, NBA finals. Vince, I, I can't even quite believe it. <laughs> Is Tyler Hero proving to be the difference maker for the Heat with everyone else on that floor? I tell you what, you showed that picture of, of, of Jimmy Butler and Bam, and now you would add Tyler Hero. Two months mm -hmm. ago, you might not have done that. And, and, and I tell you what, he's earned the right uh, to, to, to be talked about, and he's definitely earned the right to be a go-to guy. Uh, for Let's say for three quarters, he's a guy that you can put the ball in his hand and let him lead his team to victory or at least lead them into the fourth quarter because you know who takes over in the fourth quarter for the Miami Heat. So now mm -hmm. they're becoming a three-headed monster uh, in Miami and they trust this guy at 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's so impressive. And, you know, what, what I like about what he did is he helped pick up other players. You saw Jay Crowder uh, struggled uh, to score. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of other players that really kind of struggled to get a rhythm. And, and I stand by this. I was talking to multiple people and it was like, if Tyler Hero scored 27 points, that is an ungodly number for a rookie to do in the conference finals. They don't win this game. It was the fact that he was able to do 37 points, 17 in the fourth quarter, timely buckets. That is next level when it comes to like the things that are required from players on a basketball court. Like He does it in such an easy, smooth way. And you look at this, he's not yeah. even sweating. He's <laughs> right, not even sweating right, and, right and, now. And that's what just makes it so RJ, unique. Yeah, go ahead. And RJ, to add no. to that, it was no hesitation in any move. It wasn't any mm -hmm. indecisiveness. He knew what he wanted to do. If you look on the reverse, he holds it out to the left side for Tatum to feel like he's going to block it so he can reverse. He sets up the dribble because he knows he's going to go to a step back. He's very comfortable 
obviously skilled, but very comfortable in his skin and in this moment. Yeah. Absolutely. And I want to get to the Boston side, too, guys, because things looked grim for the Celtics when Jason Tatum was scoreless in the first half. Did not look good. Even had... Yeah, I mean, we people were, is he hurt? He looked so tentative going to the hole, but he did rally there. He finished with 28 points. Every game in the series has been such a battle. I mean, look, we've already seen the Nuggets pull off a 3-1 comeback twice in the bubble. Are you giving Richard the Celtics a chance in this series? Yeah, yeah I, I don't think I, I don't want to say that this series is is far from over, but there's still a lot more work to do. You have to understand it. It took an amazing effort, like something that we had not seen in 40 years. And the last person to do it was Magic Johnson, to your point. So if it wasn't for that type of effort, this series could easily be 2-2. Boston knows mm-hmm. that, and so does Miami. So Boston is just like, hey, look, you got 28 points. You got 28 points for Jason Tatum, all in the second half. So it's not like he didn't recover. He didn't figure it out and he didn't really punch back but I just think that Boston has to keep tweaking keep tweaking they've all they're probably about four shots away from having this series be tied look at this Vince look at this look how even this yes. is yes it's absurd yeah. it's it's an even ma- even match so it tells me for somebody like a, a Jason Tatum you regardless and all those numbers look great but they're trying to win now so you cannot have an 0 for 6 start no. in an elimination game and I know yeah. he played great, and he did everything you can ask in the second half, scoring 28 points. That's amazing. But if he scores 10 points in the first half, just 10, look at the difference, the, out, uh, the outcome. It's just what, what kind of frustrated me early, his shot wasn't falling. And, yes, we all thought maybe something wrong. He's hesitant. And, and he started settling for the fadeaway jump shot, which were threes. And I'm like, get a little closer. You know, impact the game yeah. another way. So it was a little frustrating. And then they started turning the ball over against the zone. When you turn yeah. the ball over against the zone, <laughs> you're not going to win a lot of games. No, and, and it's such a cliche. Like, we, you know, we have our segment on here. It's a make or miss league. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. that even. The difference, you saw the numbers on this team, the percentages, the scoring. So it comes down to probably about two or three possessions each yes. game, right? You miss, they make, they go, instead of its score being tied, they're up five now. And the next thing you know, like you're, you, you know, you're trying to figure it out and you're kind of treading water. So this is so close. And if you're the Boston Celtics, this is not a time to panic. This is not a time to yeah. all of a sudden start to stress. It's just like, hey guys, we're so close. We got to shore up our defense. And ultimately we just got to make a couple more shots and we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to say this real quick, guys. I, I just want to say real thing, about, I was about to say Kimball Walker. They need Kimball Walker to have put together two halves like that. He got them started early, but it's imperative for them to come out and hit first uh, in game five or they don't or, or things can change. They don't want to put themselves in a position where Tyler Hero scores 17 in the fourth and now they're down and they're playing catch up. It's tough to play yeah. catch up when you're down three one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned Kemba. Kemba told me that what he's learned by playing at this level of the postseason, because remember, he's never gotten this far, right? He said, you really, it sinks in how much every possession matters. You guys have both referred to that. I just don't think people realize sometimes it is literally what happens between four feet on the court out here. One trip down, one steal, something like that can make the difference in an entire series. The Boston Celtics are finding that out. We will have to see if they punch back. All right, guys, stick around. Coming up, we are going to talk about what everybody around the country has been talking about for the last 24 hours. So much frustration across the NBA following yesterday's decision not to prosecute any officers for the death of Breonna Taylor. Malika Andrews is going to join us. Stick with us. 
The Jump is presented by Best Buy. If you can't be there, feel there. Bring the game home when you upgrade to a big Sony TV today. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and... <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with Geico, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. I think it's some, some BS that they let that go down like that. I think um, everybody knows what's supposed to happen. I think everybody knew what was going to happen, unfortunately. It's been 194 days, um, and you know, still, still no justice, still, still having to fight for the same thing. I can't wrap my head around it, to be honest. You know, it's, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words. There's just so much violence, and it's and it's demoralizing when we can't be accountable um, or hold anyone to account for it. If it was my sister or my mom or my dad or if I have kids one day, any of my kids, I'd be frank, I'll be pissed off. I'm very pissed off. A lot of players on our team especially have also um, spoken out on justice for Breonna Taylor, and we, didn't, we have not gotten that justice. Uh, I think all of us don't understand it. Uh, it's not justice. I don't think people really understand or, 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 or understand, like, she's, she's dead. Somebody killed her. You know, like, at, at the end of the day, you, you need justice for that. So many people so frustrated by news of the Kentucky grand jury's decision not to prosecute any of the officers responsible for the death of Breonna Taylor. I want to add in LeBron James. He reacted on Twitter. I have been lost for words today. I am devastated, hurt, sad, mad. We want justice for Breonna, yet justice was met for her neighbor's apartment walls and not her beautiful life. Was I surprised at the verdict? Absolutely not. But damn it, I was and still am hurt and heavy-hearted, I send my love to Brianna's mother, family, and friends. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, at this time, I do want to welcome Malika Andrews to the show. You have been here in the bubble, covering the league since the very beginning, got here before the players did. What struck you about the reaction of the players to what happened yesterday? Well, I think it was this overwhelming sentiment that they weren't surprised. Mm -hmm. Because I actually, I asked Jalen Brown the day before the decision that they were just going to prosecute one of the officers in a charge that was unrelated to Breonna Taylor's actual death. I asked him what he was expecting, how he was expecting to balance having to play high-level basketball mm -hmm. and also have to grapple with the decision that was being made. And he said that he was, at that point, already gearing up to be disappointed. Mm. And that's the overwhelming sentiment that we've heard over and over from these players who have fought since they got here, mm -hmm. since they arrived in Orlando for some sort of justice, for some sort of answers in the eyes of the law. And, and that is what struck me the most about what I was hearing over and over and over again from guys is that they almost didn't even feel a license anymore to just be sad yeah. because at this point it's expected. Well, what, what's so, you, you 
the expected part where if you're paying attention to what's going on in the news and how everything was kind of going about, the National Guard was on its way there. Yeah. They told the police officers that there was going to be, you know, to prepare. So basically, if you're paying attention to what was going on, you knew that the conversations were like, hey, this is not going to be pretty. People, people are, are not. Mad. People are going to be mad about this. So no one's getting any days <laughs> off. Let's make sure that we're prepared. We're make sure. So you knew what was about to happen was going to frustrate an entire community and an entire country, and there's going to be outrage around the world. So you prepared for that. That's what they were preparing for because it was expected. So it was like when it came down, we knew what was going to happen. You knew what the charges were. Now I'm, you know, a little bit older, and I remember the Rodney King. I remember the Rodney King verdicts, and it was like, how much more more do you need to see in order to right. charge these officers, which is something right. that is actually criminal. So if you grew up in that era, if you were my parents and you grew up in the 60s, if you were my grandparents and you saw Emmett Teal, like there's just too many moments in history where we know what to expect and those emotions are passed down generationally. Mm -hmm. My grandparents saw Rodney King, my, or my grandparents saw uh, Emmett Teal, my parents saw Rodney King, and now we're witnessing these things. So it is an expectation of disappointment for me, it's short and sweet. Uh, you know, RJ, exactly what you said is once you see National Guard uh, state of emergency, that was the writing on the wall for me. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple, you knew what was happening next. And uh, it would have been a pleasant surprise otherwise, but you, you knew what was happening. It's unfortunate. It, it, like you said, it's criminal. It's just we, right is right and wrong is wrong. And when you do wrong, you should be punished for it, point blank, period. You heard Bam Adebayo say much the same thing, right? He said she was killed. She was killed, and we're not holding anyone responsible for that. And the larger statement that makes, and I, I hear everybody who says, hey, we expected it, and Malika, you and I have had so many conversations over the last month about this, just being so frustrated and sad. But this being the national standard that a black woman's life wasn't worth what we say so many other people's lives in this country are worth is something that can't sit with anyone as being okay. And we know that the NBA Players Association director, Michelle Roberts, she has been a strong voice on that as well. This was her statement yesterday. She said, sadly, there was no justice today for Breonna Taylor. Her killing was the result of a string of callous and careless decisions made with a lack of regard for humanity, ultimately resulting in the death of an innocent and beautiful woman with her entire life ahead of her. Our players and I once again extend our deepest sympathies to her family, and we vow to continue working in her honor and to always say her name. Michelle Roberts, I should point out, an incredibly sharp and accomplished lawyer, so she is very familiar with the facts of the case here. She also is, of course, familiar with what the players want to do moving forward. Malika, what do you think players can do? Because I know they're exhausted, but they are also some of the most famous, powerful, economically advantaged young black men and women, when we include the WNBA. Yep people in this country, and they do have a voice here. Well, Michael Malone said something that I, I found to be interesting yesterday. He told me that when players were meeting and when players were discussing this, this thought of what do we do when the Bucks decided that they didn't want to continue playing for a certain amount of time while they addressed Jacob Blake and what was going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin, what players said was, we're not the experts here. Mm -hmm. We are largely black men. We want to help. 
we are hurting, but we're also professional athletes for a living. And so what is it that we can do? And one of the things that in the arena that we are sitting in right now, walking around campus in Orlando, you both know this, Vince, you've seen the photos. You cannot walk around without seeing some sort of symbolism of Black Lives Matter and also symbolism of vote. Go out and vote because a lot of these uh, positions, the people who are making these decisions are elected officials. But the double-edged sword to that is that so many black men, especially in this country, have lost their right to be heard at the polls. And so that is the dichotomy that is going on here and that they are grappling with. We see guys like LeBron James saying that we have to invest in things like more than a vote. We need to make sure that that's where our voices are heard. But we also need to do that on behalf of those who look like us, who will not have their voices heard because they committed a crime at some point in their life that has taken taken away their right to vote for the rest of the time that they are alive. And so that's what players are grappling with. I expect to see more pushes towards voting. Um, But at this point, I also believe that players are going to continue to play. We heard yesterday that no one had really grappled with the thought of, well, we're not going to show up to play today. They want to finish these playoffs, but they're doing so also balancing this incredibly challenging reality that outside of this insulated bubble that they're in, people who look like them, people who look like their parents, people who look like their daughters, are dying, and when they die, there is no accountability for that. And that's such a good hey guys, point about voting and voting rights. Go ahead, Vince. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to the Atlanta Hawks. I'm here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we were around talking about uh, opening the arena uh, for, for for voting. And I, I remember when Coach uh, Lloyd Pierce brought that to us, and and. and letting us know what they wanted to do. I I thought that was a fantastic idea. And I'm so proud to see now other NBA teams that are doing the same, making sure that we have every opportunity to vote. We can be angry all we want, and you can be pissed off about who's in charge and all of these things, but if you don't go vote, all of that you're saying is in vain. Absolutely. And look, it's been about battling voter suppression. That's been a huge arm of what the NBA and its players are trying to do, opening the arenas, having different ways to combat some of the places and things that we have seen at the polls in recent elections. To Malika's point about restoring voting rights, I know that here we are are sitting in Florida. There has been a campaign. LeBron's More Than a Vote organization has helped donate to it to help restore and pay off some of the fines that have kept people from retaining and keeping and getting back their voting rights. So that has been an important arm as well. And I also know that NBA players have taken a role in trying to educate the public and their communities that you're not just voting for president. Mm. That yes, the presidential election has a big hand in our attention right now, but when it comes to the case of Breonna Taylor, when it comes to how our policing and, and uh, when our, how our police forces are run, how city councils are run, how government and governor's offices are run, how state district attorneys are run, how the state secretary of state sets up the election is done, all of that is happening at the local level. And I think you're going to hear the NBA players talking more and more about that in the coming weeks as well. Malika, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We will be back right after this break. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna 
to sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. I give credit where credit is due. They play better than us. Oh, Jamal Murray with an exclamation point. He's been for the big shots. Their team is not going to go away. We're still up 2-1. We have control of the series. LeBron James! Are you kidding me, Joker? Davis, my goodness. Go! Murray goes all the way in! Every shot that they make, every shot that we miss, that's what like the game is collapsing. We gotta be better in game four. Game four of the Western Conference Finals is tonight on TNT. The Nuggets falling behind 3-1 in each of the last two series because game four didn't go so well for them against the Jazz and Clippers. So Vince, tonight they got game four against the Lakers. Coach Malone joked before the series that he was going to petition the league to start at 3-1 because they were so comfortable there. So do you think they're going to fall back exactly. behind to 3-1 again tonight against hey, the Lakers? Rachel, I was going to say the exact I was going to say the exact same thing. I said <laughs> they're they're actually comfortable. I mean, I, as as a player, you don't want to be down 3-1. It, it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure. They've proven Pressure means nothing to them. Uh, th- we know the Lakers are going to come out and respond. We know LeBron James is going to be LeBron James. By the way, he had a triple-double <laughs> that we haven't even talked about. It was just like, uh, and he didn't play well. You know, and, and AD, he had 27 and two rebounds and one assist. But they're going to yeah. respond. Uh, do, do, you know, the, the others of Denver is the question. Are they going to have that type of performance? Because Jeremy Grant was fantastic. He played extremely well. Morris uh, was, was great, knocking down shots for them. But, you know, can they sustain that is the question because we're going to see a surge from that guy right there, LeBron James, and that other guy that wears number three, Anthony Davis. Look, I, I believe in the Denver Nuggets. I, I, I've stated this multiple times. But, but, but my thing is with the Lakers, you look at the way they play. They just had too many things that they struggled with. You can't not shoot the ball well and then also get out-rebounded by 20, right? So this is always <laughs> – this is about it's the Lakers. advisable. No, no, it's not advisable. But so, so when I look at the Denver Nuggets, as well as the Lakers, have often gotten better. You see that the Lakers have lost the first game and then swept the rest. The Denver Nuggets have gotten down and then gotten themselves back in uh, to the series. So when I look at this, it's about who's going to keep getting better as the series goes on. Both teams – have a history of that earlier in the postseason, but this is the most pivotal game. I'm sorry, but the Denver Nuggets will not come back from a 3-1 deficit against the Lakers. They need to tie this 2-2. We will see but what RJ, happens tonight. Can I, add, I want to add real, one thing. Guess what? This should, this, this should you can be keep 2-1. adding all you want. It could be. It should be 2-1, though. Would you agree with that? They let that well, one fall. Jamal Murray. That's certainly if he what saves Jamal that Murray ball, thinks. Throws it to half court. Absolutely. I say no only because <laughs> – the Lakers were up. The Lakers were up in that game. It was what the Denver Nuggets did to get back into that game. All right, we will see what happens tonight, guys. we got to go because up next we've got legendary coach John Calipari joining the jump to talk about his laundry list of former players who are shining in these conference finals. Want to get to that. We're also going to get an update on the forthcoming college hoop season amid, of course, so much disruption due to coronavirus. Stick around. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and (laughs) I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. 
It's not easy to be a vampire. But with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. Welcome back to The Jump. Presented by Best Buy. We'll have Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Heat and Celtics. That's Friday night, 8.30 Eastern. Miami is one game away from the NBA Finals. Boston has something to say about that. NBA Countdown gets our coverage started at 7.30. You can catch it all on ESPN, Deportes, or the ESPN app. Now, speaking of the Eastern Conference Finals, I want to look back on a couple of the heroes from Game 4, who our next guest knows pretty well. The youngest player in the series... Showing no fear whatsoever. Put it, punch it. Bam says, get it out of here. Hero fires away. Punch it in. There's a new sheriff in town. What's his and name? His name is Tyler Hero. <laughs> throws it up and out of bio, throws it down. Bam out of bio, having his way. Hero, long three pointer. Bang! Tyler Hero from way downtown. Just a couple of good old Kentucky boys. And and we got Drake playing for you, too, Coach. We are thrilled to have the Hall of Famer, University of Kentucky coach, John Calipari, here on The Jump. Thanks so much for being back with us. Oh, you guys are welcome. You're welcome. Love, love when you stop by. And we just showed some highlights from a couple of your former Wildcats. Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. How are you watching these games? Because you've got to be excited after game four. When I watch this game and I see Bam creating a new position in the NBA, a point center, um, and then you see Tyler, who has built his own confidence, there is a skill to working the way he works. That's a skill, too, now. You know, they want to say, well, this shooting and ball handling, well, there's a skill to be an ultra competitive and having a work ethic that's endless. And both he and Bam are that way. Perfect for being in Miami because that's their culture. Yeah, yeah, no, Coach, I, I would agree. So Tyler Hero, he goes 13th. He, he follows a long list of great 13th picks in the history of the NBA draft. Uh, did you think <laughs> Did you think that, like, when you start to see – obviously, when he gets, goes to Miami, you know him very well, and you feel like he's going to fit in. Did you think that he was probably a little bit better than where he went in the draft? Because now all the talk is about all the people that missed out on having this very, very special player. Well, and let's say P.J. Washington, who went one pick before him, people are sad that they didn't take him, too. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing that happens right. here, uh, Richard, you played on a team with all kind of really good players. So if you were by yourself, your numbers would have been better, but you mm-hmm. wouldn't have been a better player. And so what happens is you go to a place like Kentucky or – Back in the day, I can mention different schools where there are five and six of you that yeah. were all legitimate. You shared. One day yeah. you went for 30. Next day, the next guy went for 30. And you're all happy. You're trying to win. And you're trying to win national titles. And I think mm-hmm. with, uh, with Tyler, he was so young at 19 years old um, that I said at the time, this kid's going to be special. And, and – uh, Miami wanted him, but I'll tell you, so did Charlotte. Charlotte was looking between he and P.J. Coach, let me ask you. Let's talk about Bam for a second. I want to ask you, what do you feel or think Bam's ceiling 
would be for him to become that next level superstar. We're seeing we're seeing him now as an all-star, and you mentioned all of the attributes about him, but what do you see his ceiling? That's his ceiling, excuse me. Well, here, here's what I would say. Um, what he's doing and how Eric is playing him, which literally is a point center, which means you do everything. He's guarding five positions. He has a huge impact on the game. That block, can you, what? That ball was yeah, in the yes. bass. What? How about this yes. one? Who would even go after it? Who would even try yeah. to say, I'm not going to get posterized? They'd have ducked their head and ran under. That dude went with it in the rim. and got... Here's the thing. As his skills, because he's young now, as his skills continue to improve, let's get that knockdown three. Let's get, like you're seeing him shoot free throws. He makes mm. them. So the question yeah. is, if you can shoot, you ready? You can shoot. So that means <laughs> how do I take that to the three-point line and say this is another part of my game? How would you guard him if he squares up at the three and you think he right. can shoot? Yeah. He can That's pass. He can drive. He is dunking on you. The mm -hmm. best thing that happened, Pat Riley called me two years ago and said, listen, I'm making some moves because I want this kid on the court at least 30 minutes a game, and I want to see everything. That's what he said. And I told Bam, I said, dude loves you now. He wants you to show him everything. And you know why Pat loved Tyler. It reminded him of him. He thought, oh, <laughs> there's another Pat Riley. Sure. Look at this yes. dude. And, yes, and 100%. So, and, and, you know, it, it's fun. And let me say this. The best thing for my two guys has been Jimmy Butler. Hmm. What I was so proud of Tyler to read today, he wants to get to the finals for Jimmy. You think about that. He's 20 years old. He's not worried about him because he knows what Jimmy has done for him and Bam. And you know what? This guy's pretty incredible in that he just throws all the credit to those two. And those two are looking around saying, without him, we as two players wouldn't be who we were. Absolutely. And by the way, not only have those two been so impressive, this whole conference finals is littered with Wildcats. we got to get to the West, too, because, of course, you've got Anthony Davis and Jamal Murray in that one. AD just hit the biggest shot of his NBA career he said he wants these type of moments. He's been waiting to be in these high-stake moments. Do you think that's just the tip of the iceberg for him? All right, so I said that Bam was impactful. When Anthony Davis is double-digit rebounds, he may block shots, but he's going to change another seven or eight just being out there. When he runs to the rim, if you don't go guard that, he's dunking, that's which leaves perimeter people open. His ability to play like a guard and pass and still get 30, but he's got to mm -hmm. rebound the block. He is the most impactful guy in the game. And, you know, I think that shot shows that he could do it. But, guys, he scored the last 10 points. And the yes. biggest shot, other than that three, was that little runner. And if you no, think floater, that's an yeah. easy mm -hmm. shot, go floater, shoot that yeah. from seven feet. It's a hard <laughs> yeah. shot. And he had yeah. the courage to say, I'm not afraid to miss it. And I'm not afraid to miss this three. I felt bad for Jamal because I had said to him, listen, 
You and Joker got to get 60 points, maybe 55, 56. But you got if you think you're getting 35 points, you two, you're not winning. So you got to figure it out. If it's not in the middle of the floor, it better be on the side. Well, those two play great. They did everything. He blocks that ball, and they lose on that play. So I was heartbroken for him, but I was so happy for Anthony. Well, Coach, I want to. You mentioned Murray. I want to ask you, Murray, what what has happened since he stepped in the bubble? <laughs> he's become someone else. I, I say he's Kitchener's finest, but. Talk, tell me about it. I mean, prior to this, did you talk to him and he said, I'm about to take over, or what has happened? Here's what I would say got, happened oh, in the go bubble. Go Here's what I think there's now a pecking order on, in Denver that everybody in the world knows what it is. It's those two, and then who's that next and next guy that can go get a big night? But it's those yes. two. Though, that's the pecking order. And I think what happens is when you have that as a team, now you've got great chemistry because everyone knows where they fit in. There's no like, oh, I'm the guy or no, I'm the guy. You, you're not the guy. I'm, you're only 23. So he looks 43. <laughs> like yeah, the dude's making shots and threes and shaking his shoulders. and. But, you know, I mean, here's the crazy thing. They had to win that game, too. I mean, that oh, wasn't yes, one they did. like – they had to win the game. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to switch gears here a little bit, John. The state you sit in right now, Kentucky, in the national spotlight in the aftermath of Breonna Taylor's killing by the hands of Louisville police. Look, yesterday's single indictment left a lot of us dismayed, disheartened. What has been the reaction from your players and what are you telling them in response? I had them in my office and we watched the press conference because I wanted them to hear what was said. My thing to all my kids all the time, you have to be educated. You have to have knowledge in what this stuff is. And then after it was over, I said, tell me how you feel. And most of them were like, I can't believe it. I mean, you know, this, that. And I said, okay, there's one thing. And I've been telling them this. If you want to change things in this country, you must change laws. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change some hearts and minds. You may change some. But if you want something to change and not revert back, you change laws. How do you change laws? You vote. You become oh. active in this system, and you know there are laws that need to be changed. RBG knew laws needed to be changed. Yes. And that changed everything for women's rights and everybody's rights. But mm-hmm. she knew it wasn't by the, being angry and doing it. No, it is. We got to change laws. Now, the beginning of it is anger, anxiousness, anxiety, just questioning our country. Why are we so divided? They're lying. There you go. And I mean, OK, when we get down to it, all of us know this stuff is wrong. One human being should not do that to another human being. So we know it's wrong. Well, how do you get this right? You change laws. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I really appreciate you saying that, Coach. And I do know you need to get to practice. Um, But we do want to ask you about the college basketball. I got a good team. We got to see them all in the NBA. I don't care. I said we'll play on outside on I-95. I got a good team. Let's go. (laughs) 
Well, that's what I want to ask you. They've said the earliest that we could see college hoops start is the end of November. How optimistic are you that we will have a season at all? Well, the NBA and the WNBA has shown us one path. Um, but everything has changed in the last three months, and my hope is it continues to change for the better. Uh, but we're starting off with a bubble on our campus to play some games. We're going mm -hmm. to the Orlando bubble to play Kansas mm -hmm. um, on, on December 1st in Champions Classic. So we're going to kind of bubble it up, to the initial stuff. And then we're, we got games with Notre Dame. We got a game, I believe, with UCLA. Uh, we got a game with Georgia Tech. And those are all schools that you know you're going to be tested. To, you know, you're going to have all the stuff that you need. And, uh, but we won't start our league until late, late December or January. By that time, I hope there's stuff out there that gives us even a better path than we see now. But there's going to be a season. There's going to be the NCAA tournament. And you know why? Because I have a really good team. That's why. <laughs> Smart coach. Well, Smart. coach of history holds. We'll be uh, seeing see a big chunk of that team line. here in the NBA. Yeah, Vince got to get the trash talk in. Just, yeah. just, just a little Bear bit. Bear down. Coach Cal, thank you so much for joining us. Talk. We really, really appreciate it. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're going to sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. The Jump is presented by Best Buy. If you can't be there, feel there. Bring the game home when you upgrade to a big Sony TV today. The WNBA playoffs roll on tonight in the best of five semifinals. Alicia Clark's putback buzzer, putback buzzer beater, buzzer beater? Anyway, yeah. storm over the links. They play game two, 7.30 Eastern. Then with the series tied at one game apiece, MVP Asia Wilson and the top-seeded Aces squaring off against the Suns. All right, guys, let's take a look at today's Dream Makers brought to you by Sprite. WNBA and NBA players, coaches, and retired basketball stars and basketball media members teaming up for Hooper's Vote, an initiative supported by Rock the Vote, aimed at bringing members from all corners of the basketball community together in order to promote voter registration, voting education, heading into the 2020 election. Hooper's Vote has declared today Hooper's Register to Vote Day, so go to hoopersvote.org for more info. Duncan Robinson, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Sue Bird among the players lending their names to the cause. All right, let's get going here, guys. Crunch time here on the jump. <clears throat> J.J. Reddick said in an interview with USA Today Sports, his goal is to play four more years and reach year 18. Vince, you played more yeah. seasons than anyone ever. You hit 22. What do you think of J.J. wanting to hit 18? I love it. You know, I say one thing. You know, people always think about the age and they say okay he's this age he's 30 he's 40 years old he should not be playing i say hey if jj bodies feel, feels good and he feels like he can do it do it but you know it's always year to year right rachel it could be two mm -hmm. years and then he might say two more years 
It might happen. You that might happen. That. It might happen. He's trying to get a long He's trying to get a long-term contract. See, I respect wasn't it. Here. He didn't know. I respect Vince it. Carter, year after year. No, no, I'm going to retire at the end of next year, Rachel. Don't worry. I'll be I retired you. a couple of times and you came did back. retire many, many yeah, times. New Sacramento Kings general manager Monty McNair said he was looking forward to working with Coach Luke Walton and said, quote, Luke's going to be our coach next year. I'm really excited to work with him. Richard, you've known Luke very many years as a friend and team. What is your reaction to that stamp of approval after some uncertainty there? Well, you know, for me, I just hope he gets an opportunity to coach. You know, Mitch Kupchak brings him in, and then Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka take over. Then he goes to Sacramento, Vladi Dibok brings him in, and then the next year, Vladi decides to move on. So it's very, very tough. If you don't get that that line straight down, you look at Eric Spolstra. It's Pat Riley. It's Eric Spolstra. They have a system, and it's just continuation of that. So uh, hopefully he gets that opportunity to prove, you know, how well he can coach. And I'll say this, I like the idea that now the organization, Coach Walton, all the players know their their coach is going to be there next year, so now they can all stick to the system and worry about just basketball. I think sometimes people outside the sport don't quite realize how much that consistency is a factor. I know that every organization wants the right guy. I get that. But if you think you maybe might have the right guy, it is usually worth sticking out. Right, Rich? Mm-hmm. For, yeah, because you always start yeah, over. You don't, yeah, you don't want to just be like, oh, well, I got to get my guy in there. It's like, well, what if the guy there is doing a good job? Right. It's like, well, I got to get my guy. It's like, And let's okay. players have just one yeah. voice that they are listening to. So we're glad to see Luke mm-hmm. for one more season at least in Sacramento. All right, we're out of time for the day. Thanks to Vince, Richard, Malika, Coach Cal. The jump's back tomorrow. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today.